Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Puts a lot of uh, responsibility on a leader to be faithful in what God gives. Amen. And not, uh, not abuse or take advantage of. When, when God sends you somebody to help. Uh, you know, I take that seriously. And that was my prayer, God. Let me be a good leader. Let me encourage these people. Let, give me wisdom in uh, helping them fulfill their destinies. Uh, so there, there's something powerful happening. You know, sometimes we're frustrated because we're not seeing what we want. Almost like, almost like, Pastor Terry said, I want to go preach the gospel around the world. And I think God may be saying to some of us, you're not ready yet. There's still a process I've got you in. Because when I get you through this process, I can launch you out overnight. I mean, look, the, the church there actually at Dawsonville, I found out uh, Pastor Gary talked with Pastor. They only had about 150 members when that broke out. And now on Sunday morning, the church is full of people, and it's it may be a little deeper than this and twice as wide. So somehow they were able to take over that building. I don't know what took place, but somehow they t occupied the building. I don't know if there was something happened to the previous church. And then God moves. But the amazing thing was people said, Lord, Lord we'll serve. And that's what amazes me at, at at major lasting revivals I've been to is people, you know, when we first walked in the door, there's a desk and there's a couple of ladies there and they're like, oh, what can we do? How can we serve you? What are you doing? And I mean, she started trying to call the pastor so we could have an interview right from the front desk. Now, we didn't ask. I wasn't expecting anything like that. I just wanted to go see what's happening and get baptized. Uh, so, and, I, you know, I was telling them, I appreciate you ladies and people serving, she said, no, it's our privilege to serve. And so, I mean, God's got to work that type of attitude in us uh, to, to be able to uh, host people and host him. You know, where there's not uh, jealousy or backbiting or worried about who's going to preach or who's not going to preach or sing or not going to sing. or You know, that we want to we flow with the Holy Spirit. What's, what's God saying? And, and the thing you have to recognize, if, if God's calling you to do something and the leader's not opening the door, they're the one that stands before God. If, if we're cutting somebody off on purpose, pushing them down, woo, we're going to have to answer to God. The Bible says we're accountable for the souls that are in this. But the other thing you need to remember, if you're propping yourself up, you're coming into a place of being accountable for people's souls. 
that you may not be ready to be accountable for. So, I mean, we need to get to a place where we take uh, his presence seriously. Not that we can't have great joy, but so many times in churches, people are trying to manipulate, gain control, and have power. And this, this ain't a corporation. This is not uh, the, the Lions Club down the road. This ain't a popularity contest. This is a God thing. And uh, the Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord and he'll lift you up. He will open the doors. And, I mean, after 30 years, I've been through that. I, you know, it, it was a process of working stuff out because I've sat on seats and places saying, I know I can preach better than he can. <laughs> but he's up there preaching and I'm sitting in the pew. It, it's God's working some stuff out. Amen. And uh, so he, he, we're in a process. Keep going in the process. And usually when it feels like the worst is when it's about to start changing. And it may not always change the way you want it to. Amen. May not always go the way that we have planned. But I found if we'll follow God's ways, He's working. I mean, the, the scripture probably I think of in the hardest times is He's working things out for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. And no matter what's going on in that valley, we got to keep looking forward and saying, He is working things out for my good, somehow or another. I don't know how He's doing it right now because it really don't look like it. But He's working it out for good. And uh, If everything on the earth goes south, Heaven's worth the ride. Because that's the final destiny. We want to make the pearly gates. Amen. That's, that's our destiny. Well done, good and faithful servant. He didn't say, uh, did you have a nice time? Was everything comfortable? You know, what did, I, did, did everything go well with you on earth? fact, in Acts, Acts chapter 14, it says, you will enter the kingdom of God through many tribulations. That's why we can, when you can have joy, you need to break out. I mean, that's what we come in the house of God together for. It's time to get down. Because when I walk out of here, I'm going to have to face that devil out there. So I'm going to have a party in here. I mean, Hank almost had it right. I'm going to party with all my rowdy friends, but it's in church and I'm not going down there need to learn how to party down here because it's a major party up there. <laughs> Come on. We got to get over ourselves. Because ain't nothing no funner than when somebody's prim and proper and God gets a hold of them. Woo! Like Pastor Chaplin at, the, at Brownsville. He had been... Um, He'd been away from there for six months when revival broke out. He was a chaplain in the military, in the Navy, I believe. And he came back to Pensacola, and then he's, well, I'm going back to Pastor Kilpatrick's church. He was my pastor before. I'm going back there, and he's, Pastor Kerry, he's probably, he's retiring, so he's probably 63 or 60s right in there. And 
You know, when he left that church, it was pretty dignified. And when he came back, they, a lot of people knew him, and he stepped in the back, and he's looking around. It's chaos. And church hadn't even started yet. And he goes to Usher. He said, I need to see Pastor Kilpatrick. There's a lot of things going on here, and we need to get this straightened up. And he looked around and said, where is Pastor Kilpatrick? And Usher pointed up on the platform, and he was laying on the platform. He couldn't sit in the chair. <laughs> well, we got a real problem now. And then finally, he, him and his wife sat through the service, and at the end, they asked to pray for people, and he asked his wife, you want to get prayed for? Well, we might as well. said he went up there, the first person that touched him. He said, when I woke up, my coat was up over my head. My hair was all messed up. I didn't know what happened to me. He said, I got up, straightened myself, combed my hair, fixed everything up. We left. He said, do you want to go back tomorrow, sweetheart? I don't know, maybe one more time. Went back, same thing. Jacket messed up all over top of his head, pulled off his arms, hair messed up, everything else. He said, this has got to be God. And uh, stayed there for a little while, and then they sent him off to a Baptist church in Georgia to preach for the next six months. Revival broke out up there. So God, do what you want to do. Amen. All, all he's asking us to do is get hungry. Revival is just getting us back to normal. This ain't, this ain't abnormal. This is normal Christianity. God's just giving us a taste. This is what's available. This is, this is normal Christianity that you can walk into every day. I mean, probably for us, when we experience the, the most powerful presence of God, God's saying, that's just normal. That's what I want you to have. If you'll, if you'll cut some stuff loose and get hungry, you can have this all the time. And... Uh, and in uh, Acts 14, it says, it happened in Iconium that they went together. Now, this is just after they got ran out of another city, what, what I just read earlier, when they dusted their feet off, and, and they ran, ran them out of their region. You know, that would be a lot of time for people to have an excuse. Well, I'm quitting this thing. God sent me there, and I can't believe them people run me off like that. And a guy got healed, and things happened, and they run us off anyway. So it would be easy to have excuses and get frustrated to stop what we're doing. And so really when he left out of that city, it doesn't look like much fruit happened there. I mean, they got mad and run him out. So you can say, wow. And so the next town they come into, Iconium, it says that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude, both of Jews and Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Now look, there is conflict going on here. The unbelieving Jews have stirred them up. We don't have a lot of Jews in our communities. But these, really, Randy Clark says unbelieving believers. So really it's religious people. Stirred things up. And it said, poisoned their minds against the brethren. And what do they do? It says, therefore, they stayed a long time. So they faced the resistance. Speaking boldly in the Lord, who is bearing witness to the word of his grace, 
granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Woo! Hallelujah. And when, when resistance coming, how do we know whether we're still in God's will? Well, is God's presence with you? Is the peace of God, no matter what's going on on the outside, is the peace of God still ruling on the inside? That's how we know that God's with us and that we're available to hear his voice. Because there are some places, like the place before, they ran them out of the region. This place they're staying and preaching against. We have to hear what God's saying. The multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews, part with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Listeria and uh, Derby, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding region. And they were preaching the gospel there. So in Listeria, a man without strength in his feet gets healed. Now they treat them, now they think they're God, Zeus and another God that came down from heaven. Now they want to offer sacrifices to them. So it'd be really easy if a miracle happens to get your head puffed up. Ooh, look what I just did. And you know, that that probably causes trouble because pe- people may be a part of a church. And start in the, in the services, they start moving in the gifts of the Spirit. They may have a word of prophecy. They may pray for somebody and they get healed. And they think, well, they're not letting me preach, so I need to go start my own church. I'm not getting enough air time. Because the enemy will come say that. Look, you can do the same things. But what we're, we're feeding off of is the anointing that's in the church. And if we're not ready, when it's one thing to do it in here when you're in that bubble. You go into a church that's prophetic. This is a prophetic church. But you go like in, in Bethel in California where there's several thousand members. But almost everybody out there can prophesy over you. I mean, everywhere you look or walk, they're prophesying over you. I go, oh my gosh. I mean, little kids, on up. It's in, the, it's in the house. But that don't mean they're ready to go and launch out and carry it on their own yet. There's a time when they're ready, but that's not the time yet. I mean, you can practice it in Walmart. or You'll know. You'll think, if I can get a group of people. If, if you can't do it in Walmart or in people's homes, then you're certainly not ready to go start something. You can find out if you're carrying it yet because if you're out on the outside somewhere and you pray for somebody, does something happen? If nothing happens, you're kind of plugged into the anointing that's in the church. That's not a bad thing. We need to keep praying. We need to keep working at it. But we we just need to guard what God's given us and go through the process and let God, when, when it's God's time, and, and we believe we're living in a time where it's going to be God's time. We believe there's going to be home meetings. We believe people are going to be being sent out. But we want them to go out and survive and thrive. Amen. We, we want to light things up. And we want to see people go out there, and they go out there with a covering. They go out there with relationships. And when the enemy comes, they got people to help them stand so that they aren't beat up. 
Most, most people that get beat up all the time are the ones that are out there on their own with nobody to stand with them. But like, like uh, Apostle Angie said, while they go, God's bringing in generals and leaders, and it's, it's, it's building a strong fort almost. I think of pictures of things with walls around them and protection built up and guns and stuff ready to stand against the works of the enemy. So it's, it's building up a fortress that it's hard for the enemy to break through. There's a lot more uh, that we can stand against when we're together than when we're separated. I mean, the enemy wants to get one of the little sheep out there by himself and eat the sheep. But when, it's amazing. He really don't attack the whole flock together. And Paul and them, it seems like they go from, I call it revival to riot. See, they said when they prayed for that man and he was healed, the gods have come down in the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes. When they heard that, they tore their clothes and said, Men, why are you doing this? We are also men of the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from useless things to a living God. So they use that opportunity to preach the gospel. We're going down here. So they, they were preaching to them, and with these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. Now, if, if you pray for somebody and their child gets healed, and they had uncurable cancer, uh, They could prop you up pretty good. We got to be steadfast. I mean, if people are singing our praises, praise God. If they're throwing rocks at us, praise God. We're not moved by what people are doing. You know, I'm happy their baby was healed. But I'm not going to let that make me think I'm somebody. I'm just the water hose that God flows through. Your job is keep the water hose unplugged. Because the very next thing is the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. In two, two verses, from 18 to 19, from sacrificing to stoning. So get ready when the accolades come. I mean... When we do something for God, the enemy is not happy. But can we stand regardless of what he's doing and keep pressing in? Heaven's going to show up sometime. The amazing thing is, however, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. I mean, can you imagine they stoned him and drug him out of the city and thought he was dead? They were probably pretty good at stoning people. They thought he was dead, and he may have been dead. And the disciples just gathered around, and he got up. Woo! <laughs> that would have been time for some Pentecostal Holy Ghost hopping and shouting right there. Woo! Hallelujah. I mean, <laughs> we'd had a Jesus come to, uh, uh, come to Jesus meeting right there. Woo! 
we just got, man, would that mess you up or what? If they stoned one of us and you watched and they drug us outside the city limits of town and you went out there, you probably went out there with your shovels getting ready to bury somebody and they just got up. Took off walking. I mean, but that's say normal. Normal. Normal Christianity. There, there's nothing in this Bible that's supernatural above our ability to walk in. There's nothing God wrote besides in the beginning God created. We can't do that. We can have some creative because he's living inside of us. But Jesus didn't come to show us what was not available. He came to show us what was available. Religion has tried to tell us that this is not available. It only came to a few choice people are the only ones that can have this, and you can't have it. All you can do is get by down here till you go to the great by and by one day. But God wants to say, no, Jesus said, greater things will you do because I go to my Father. Come on, greater things. And that's what he's pushing us. I mean, you know, there's not a whole lot of people that's wanting to go after greater things. I mean, they're so convinced that that's abnormal and it's above. And when stuff like that happens, that we need to get away from it. I mean, they're convinced. We got a whole nation just about convinced. Woo. It's amazing right now the organizations that are flying the rainbow flags in support of. In support of straight up um, debauchery. How many have ever seen a video or something of the gay parades in cities? Is that not like you got to be kidding? And, and it's hard to believe that banks and major stores are flying the banner saying we support this. I wish, I wish they would have that parade right in front of their stores. Where men are dressed like women and women like men and they ain't wearing nothing and they're doing all kind of goofy stuff. I wish they would... Uh, so celebrate and so thank you, Bank of America. We've come here to celebrate right in your front door. I bet they would say, oh, my gosh. But it's, it's out in our face. And we got two choices. We can hide behind the closed doors or we can rise up. That's why I said you shall receive power. The other thing he said that we've been going over, John 14, 15, if you love me, obey my commands. There's your, that's your counseling scripture. Well, why can't I do this? Why? If you, but what about his grace? If you love me, obey my commands. John 14, 15. John 14, 16. And I will pray to the Father. And he'll give you another helper, one just like me. See, we want that other helper and live however we want to live. 
But he said, if you love me and you obey my commands, then I'm going to pray to the Father, and he's going to give you another helper, one just like me. Not if you're running around out there just acting like a fool. I mean, he's Holy Spirit. He's coming to live in a holy temple. He wants to come in fullness and without measure. He wants to come unleashed, but we tie his hands. And then if you go on down to verse 21, he talks about that some more. If you love me, obey me, follow my word. And he said, I'll manifest myself to you. Woo. And then you go to 23 and he says, if you love me and you obey my word and I'm going to pray the Father and me and him are going to come live inside of you. I mean, we, we think just because somebody said a prayer, he's living there. But he said, if you love me, if you obey my commands, if you follow my word, then we're going to come and we're going to live inside of you. Woo. So now the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's living in there. See, a lot of people, I don't believe he's living in there. That's how come they have such a hard time walking this walk, serving Jesus, being like him, being an ambassador. I mean, the Bible says the old has died. Really? Probably 90% of Christianity, you couldn't tell the old ever died. But he said the old has died. That's what the Word of God said. There's a brand new person, an ambassador for Christ that's now living, man. This, this new creature is something to be reckoned with. Not, not one that's full of fear, not one that's bowing down, but one that's, did Jesus bow down to anything? Those things bow, you know how you got it? When you walk in a room and they bow down. When you walk in a room and people start moving away from you, you know some, they're dealing with something. Something inside them don't want to be around you. Especially when they say, don't touch me. Don't you touch me. Come on. You know, it's, it's cool. We're watching a video on the way up here, and they were talking about discipleship. And, and they were walking down the street, and a guy pulls a truck over and sticks his gun out. He's desperate, and he said, you know, I want all your money or I'm going to shoot. And the guy pulls the money out of his pocket and said, this is all I got, but I'll tell you what. If you need food or fix you a meal or you need something else, just come up to my apartment. I'll give you whatever I got. Woo! Guy's bawling before he can get out of the truck. When he gets out of the truck, they're hugging him and crying with him, and then he's, Jesus is coming in his heart, and then they're going upstairs and eating together. Oh, come on, Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo! 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 Yeah. Mm. That's how you know Jesus and them when your hair starts standing up. Hallelujah. <laughs> Something's going on then. Come on. You're going to obey my commands. My commands are not burdensome. Ooh, it's not burdensome. What does Matthew 28 say? Verse 18, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. See, at one time, before Jesus came to die, he had authority in heaven but not on earth because Satan had it on earth. Man gave it to him. 
But he said, now I have all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations. Most Christians would be lucky to get one disciple in their lifetime. You know, we, we judge Christianity by if we're a member of a church, we pay our tithes and we show up regularly. That's not anywhere in the Bible. It, sa- it says to assemble together, but that's, that's all it says. But it does say, if you believe and you're baptized, you shall be saved. If, if you're not, you won't be. But it says, those who believe, these signs shall follow them. How many of you do you know that could say, yeah, I've cast out a few demons? Most churches don't believe in demons. And if they do have somebody that cast out demons, they got two people that do it somewhere in the back room. Jesus walked in the temple and those things started screaming. Woo! And it's funny because people in the church get real nervous when that happens. I've heard things like, okay, everybody, if you got children, put a Bible over their mouth. <laughs> their, their thought was it can't go in their mouth if you put a Bible over their mouth, I guess. I like it better when the pastor said, if you're not right with God, you need to get out of the building. The only bad part was he left too. Pastor Gary and Miss Carol were left with a whole people manifesting demons. The pastor left and the people left, and it's them and all the demons. Woo! Yeah, amen. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you're full, fear goes. Your mind may be saying, you need to run, but your spirit man saying, oh, it's on now, buddy. I mean, I like the old Superman movies. They went in, he went in, the Clark Kent went in the phone booth, and he came out Superman. And that's, I'm telling you, when it shows up, that's what you feel like. Up, oh, them old clothes went off, super clothes came on, Holy Ghost came on. You're like, whoo, come on. Sadarabashata, you got to come out in the name of Jesus. It's, it's so strong, you really want to beat it out of them, but you can't do that. I mean, really, when you see a demon really manifest in somebody, you feel so for that person, you just want to slap them and slap the demon out of them. But that don't work. (laughs) You know, sometimes it probably don't hurt. Now, you got to be careful with this, but it says... And in Proverbs, the rod of correction will drive that thing far from them. It's talking about children. I remember our, our Tara, she'd say, I just couldn't help it. Well, this is going to help you help it. This is going to help you to de- decide to make better choices. <laughs> and it's going to drive that thing far from you. <laughs> Superman shows up, Holy Ghost shows up, and it's on. Come on. So he said, go make disciples of all nations. It it didn't even build me a wonderful building, build it with all kind of decorations and uh, fancy stained windows. I mean, you can tell religion, especially in Europe, 
when people thought if this building will attract God's attention and he'll want to come be here. We moved out of buildings when Jesus was crucified and the veil was rent. And then on the day of Pentecost, he moved in people. But we have focus on a lot of other things besides the main thing. If you love me, obey my commandments. My commandment is go make disciples. Go make disciples of all nations. You know, God, if you're faithful to little things, he'll give us bigger things. So we've got to start with a few people before we get to nations. Lord, give us, give us communities, give us cities, give us counties, give us states, give us nations. God, give us nations overseas. Give us nations, God. I mean, that should be our prayer. Give us nations, God. What does it look like to disciple a nation? There's people working on discipling nations. What does it look like for us to disciple nations? And first, God, how can we disciple people first? Make disciples of all nations, teaching them, or disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them all things I have commanded you. It's our, our greatest responsibility, outside of knowing Him, is to begin to make disciples of others. And I, I heard Sister talk about a discipleship class that had been taught before, and I, I think they're probably going on now. But that's our greatest responsibility is how can I take one person, lead them to Jesus, and that's something our mind needs to be looking for is opportunities to not only just pray with people, but then to to bring Jesus into the conversation, and then see, God, what's the opportunity for me to disciple, you know? Are you obeying? The, that's the easy scripture, John 14, 15. Now, you said you know Jesus. Are you obeying his commandments? Well, what are his commandments? Well, one simple one is go make disciples of all nations. Another one's be baptized. In fact, in Acts 2, 36 through um, 47, there's a whole list. We may talk about that tomorrow. Hallelujah. It's hard to make disciples if we don't know how to make disciples. But God's, God's teaching us. If we really want to impact the culture of cities, we have to make converts and disciples. And that's, that's one thing I'm working on uh, pretty hard. Holy Ghost. How many people can you see get hit by the Holy Ghost? How many houses can we turn upside down? That video showed another couple. They're going into ground zero in Houston, Texas, the most dangerous place in Houston, inner city. And they're knocking on doors and sharing the gospel. And, uh, a lady comes to the door, they ask, can they pray for her? She says, yes. She gets excited. Then she invites them in the house. She's got six or eight kids in the house. They share the gospel with all them. All them uh, ask Jesus into their hearts. They draw water in the bathtub and start baptizing them. And then daddy comes on the scene and says he wants to give his life to Jesus now. Man, there's an invasion in that household. 
Wow. There's nothing. That's the, that's just, the only thing that beats that is going to heaven. Woo! And I think God's going to start lighting some of us up to go after it. I know Sister has an evangelistic heart. So I think we're going to see that fulfilled. Whoa. The move of God that's going to fill the church is us. We are the move of God. You are the move of God. Because but most people flee responsibility. I mean, we're, we're so, in the church, we're so service-orientated. I want to come there and get ministered to. I really don't want to be responsible to minister to somebody else. Because we get in people's lives, it gets ugly sometimes. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I think that's why so many ministers stay away from people. In reality, the training books tell us not to get close to anybody in our congregations. But how can you, you know how you, how you make disciples? It isn't just everything you tell them. It's when they see you live in your life. That, that draws people to want more. When they see that you're walking it out, it draws them, I want what they got. I want to walk like they walk. Paul said, follow me as I follow Jesus, as I follow Christ. Follow me. And that should be our desires. I want to be in such a way I can tell people, come on, follow me. I'm going after Jesus. And you can get it. I mean, we ride in a van together, and Miss Angie and Miss Monica had an introduction to, I mean, they've been riding in their van sleeping on air mattresses and staying in other people's buildings and getting in other people's stuff. Woo! And that's just what it's going to take. But man, when we go to heaven one day, He's not going to ask, did you play on the worship team? He's not even going to ask if you preached the gospel, if, he, if you were a preacher. He's going to ask, what did you do? Did you make disciples? Did you share what I gave you? Freely you have received. That's what he told disciples. Freely you've received. Now freely you give it away. Problem is, so many people don't have nothing to give. Woo. But we're going to have something to give. Amen. Hallelujah. So, we're going to baptize some people with fire. Holy Ghost and fire. Pastor, pastor said that God showed him that God, that the Holy Spirit was baptizing that water in fire. And when they prayed over us, they said, there's an impartation. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with what God's giving you right now? 
So Miss Vicki brought some of that water mixed with some oil from Brownsville Revival, mixed with some oil out of the Bible, and amen. So we're not responsible for what might happen. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.